please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an overdue episode of the Vagabond Exchange for the week of October 25th. I'm Emily. And I am William. No one can understand what you're saying. I am <laughs> I'm William. just kidding. They can understand you. Hello, Maybe. everyone. Hi, everybody. What's going on? I heard you missed us. Yeah, we've gotten a few. Uh... One person missed us. Mm-hmm. So, what's going on today, William? Oh, not much. Anything of note? Um, I was born today. You were born today? On this day. You were born on, on this day. day. 38, 30, 38, 38 years ago. 38 years ago. Uh, what you're hearing right now is a birthday gift that Emily got for me. Yeah, which reluctantly is one of the gave to you. Best gifts ever. And no, we totally haven't been doing that all day. No. Not at all. Not scaring my cat or anything. <laughs> Poor Charlie. Yep. Um, so yeah, today's William's birthday. Happy birthday, William. Thank you. We um, took a couple days off because we've both accumulated quite a bit of uh, time off right. at our jobs. And we're just hanging out, enjoying a birthday. That's right. Well, I'm enjoying your birthday. I don't know if you're enjoying no, it. No, I'm enjoying it as well. Good. It's a very rainy, stormy day here in Nashville. It is. It is like apocalyptic weather. Apparently throughout the Midwest I know. and South and Where everywhere. did that come from? IDK. Out of the blue. Maybe it's from that hurricane. Hurricane. Ah, Richard. There's a hurricane coming. <laughs> Was it Richard? Yeah, it had Richard. A weird name. It had yeah. like, a, like an old man's name. Yep. Um, hurricane Dick, we'll call it. Dick. You're a dick, Hurricane. You're a dick. Thanks a lot, Hurricane. Um, so, yeah. We're back. We are and back. And better than ever, as you can tell from That's our right. uh, voices. Yep. So? So, uh, how have you been? I've been great. I've yeah. been with you. What do you mean, how have I been? Well, that doesn't mean you've been <laughs> great. I have been great. I just mean you know pretty much my mood from an hour-to-hour basis. True. Because it just does change hourly. It does. Well, you're a woman, so okay, it's to be expected. Okay. How uh, your up. personal life? How are things going? <laughs> My personal life. Yeah, they're going well. Why? Get that uh, rabies shot. <laughs> no, you had that little run in so with the weird. squirrel. Everything going okay with your? That's enough. <laughs> That'll be enough of that. All right. I like the high voice the best. I know. Let's do low voices. Want to? How do you do low voices? B. It's B. Just B. I didn't want to say anything up on first, but when I talk in a lower voice, 
We could seriously entertain ourselves for hours. We could. And, and if you get a prank call from someone with a weird voice, don't look at us. That's right. Okay, so what else? Um, so, you know, in this past month, we've done quite a bit of traveling. We have, and we haven't talked about any of it. No. Because we've been traveling. We have been traveling. So we haven't recorded frequently. Any, any podcasts. That's right. So we haven't been podcasting. Yes. And okay. Seattle Joe, uh, we haven't heard from you. We're missing you. We think you hate us now. Yeah. Maybe he's on his bus tour of America on his way to Boston. Maybe. If hey, you Seattle Joe. Come What's through that? Nashville, give us a call. Yeah, and we'll be sure to avoid you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would love to have a drink with Seattle Joe. Yeah. Nice brew. That's right. Speaking of brews, what are we drinking today? I am drinking the Sweetwater 420. Yes. Which is a very tasty. It's hoppy. Hoppy, tasty brew. Yes. And you? I have the Yazoo Hefeweizen, which you've heard us talk about Yazoo before. That's the local brewery. Brewery and jewelry are two words that are difficult to say. Mm-hmm. Um, the brewery is here in Nashville, Tennessee. That's right. And we're going to take a tour probably sometime. Soon. Yeah. 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 So anyway. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have been, between the two of us, we have been to San Francisco, Chicago, Illinois, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and Cincinnati, Ohio, in the last month. Yep. Yes. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about San Fran? Sure. Well, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast, we've been there 47 times in the last eight months. Mm-hmm. So we won't bore you with every last little detail of what we went. But to highlight a couple things, I'll talk about restaurants, if that's all right with you. Okay. Um, some noteworthy places that we haven't been before. One of which is the Pinecrest Diner, which is on Mason and Geary, the corners there. Mm-hmm. And we walk past it no fewer than 20 times anytime we go to the city, but um, never, never stopped in there. And it's a little kitschy diner, um, but really good food. We stopped in for breakfast one day. You had a waffle. I had pancakes. Yep. I think we both had some bacon, didn't bacon, we? Bacon, coffee. Yeah. And it was good. I mean, it was good. And the uh, service was good. Yeah. And it was that warm kind of dinery. There's a, a row of booths and then a, like a counter where you can sit as well. So it's right. what you. It's like that diner. It's like monks on Seinfeld. Yeah, I'm always uncomfortable paying at the at the register. I am too because no restaurant seems to have figured out the flow of traffic. So you've got people like picking up food, paying, leaving, wanting to be seated. Like there's no good place to put a cash register. I don't know why they do it that way. Right. Plus. I usually, or sometimes, pay with cash. Yeah. So I like to leave my tip on the table. Yes, you do. So I always feel like an asshole when I give back. You know, I just pay my bill, but I don't leave a tip with the, you know, I don't write in a tip or whatever on the... uh, That's why you feel like an asshole? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I kill myself. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. It's awkward. Right. Yeah. And even if you're paying on a card, it's still like... Oh, I did leave you a that's, tip. It's going to be on this right. card. Well, that's what I did. I, I left the tip in cash, and then I put the actual bill on my card. You're very so I didn't, smart. I didn't write any tip on the uh, bill. So oh. I was wondering if he... Thought you were a cheap bastard. Yeah. Well, he probably did. That's right. So um, we also checked out not one but two sushi restaurants, because you know apparently we're subsisting on sushi now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which was called Sushi Boat, which has the cool, like mechanized function that allows the sushi to sort of traverse 
the restaurant and you just pick the plates off the little floating boat thing that comes by right which grossed you out i think i was very concerned about the length of time that that sushi remains on <laughs> yes. the boat which we'll figure that out one day because yeah. i'm sure it's fine but they had we we just ordered a few rolls and hung out they were really good they really were good. yummy good food and good tea i like a good green tea. yeah good tea um and we also checked out one called sushi rika right which i don't know what that means but it was good and they were having a happy hour, and our waitress didn't understand that we asked for. We always get a large sake, and you always order a beer. Right. And sometimes I order a beer. Well, we ordered what we thought was a large sake and two Sapporos, two large Sapporos, because it was happy hour. Right. She came out with three beers, three giant beers. Yeah. Well, we, I ordered two Sapporos, and I said, and a sake. Sake. But she thought I said a sake. Sake, which right. is a beer. Right. Um. So that was kind of funny. So we ended up getting bombed within about 45 minutes of right. arriving in San Francisco. <laughs> but the sushi there was fantastic. Like it was amazing. Very good. Yeah, and you fresh. get large portions too. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. And our bill was pretty cheap for what we yeah, got. Yeah, because it was happy hour. So everything, that like helped. everything was half off, I think. Was it? I don't, I don't know. know. So, yeah, those would be my two recommends. Uh, sushi Rika is on the corner of Post and Bush, I believe. So it's over there in that same kind of Union Square, Telegraph Hill area. So check it out. Yep. And, um, is that, oh, the Butterfly. That was the only other right. restaurant we went to. We went down to the Farmer's Market one day. We didn't really get much of a chance to look around there. Um, but I would recommend it if you've got time to kill and you can be patient and kind of push through the crowd to go. Um, and then afterwards, we walked kind of along the Embarcadero and went to the Butterfly, which is this beautiful restaurant right on the water. And we sat on the same side of the table, right. and it was very romantic. Yeah. And we looked out on the water. It was very pretty. But the best part was that they had bottomless mimosas. So once again, we got tanked. Right. Bottomless I think it's 18 bucks. Yes. All the mimosas you can drink. drink. And we drink. A lot. I think at least $18 worth. Yeah. And then I proceeded to walk a great distance and then get sick. So I yeah. wouldn't recommend that combination of things, but it was fun at the time. It was. I felt bad. It wasn't your fault. I just, it was my fault for drinking. Overindulging on yes, me. Overindulging and then walking around in the sun. That's, yeah. that's a brilliant, I, like that, that combination for me never works. Like any combination of sun and liquor and I'm like, nope. Especially when you have to walk up hills and stuff like that. Well, we we even had a pretty, like, flat route back, but I just overheated. So, yeah, I don't want you to feel bad about that. That was my own stupidity. I'm almost 30 years old. (laughs) I should have learned. Um, So, yeah, those would be my recommends. I thought all those places were quite tasty. They were. Um, So, yeah. And, okay, so you talk about baseball. I'm going to uh, my beer. All right. Well, there's something that I forgot that we probably want to talk about as far as baseball is concerned. But we went to two baseball games. Um, we saw the Giants and the Padres um, play each other on a Friday evening and a Sunday afternoon. Yes. And they were still in the race for the playoffs. So this series between the Padres and the Giants pretty much decided who was going to go to the playoffs. They did decide, actually. Right, right. Um, so for the first time, this is when the, uh, we saw the stadium really packed with people. Yeah, yeah. And of course we were concerned about getting to the, uh, club level because of the, you know, hassle we had last time back right. in April. Right. 
but we instead of taking the escalator, we walked up the ramp this time, which yes. seems to be the way to go because you're not jostled. And you still have to take an escalator like to get to the ramp. Didn't we still have to get on? I felt no, like we took can, it one time. We may have. Yeah, you're right. The second time we took the ramp. Right. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. Um, and we usually do take the ramp, but last April, for some reason, we took the escalator. We went in a different way. Yeah, I don't think we because we were to trying to get the bobblehead, and it turned us all around. Right. Um, so anyway, oh yeah, we got rally rags. They they pass out these orange rally rags. If you watch baseball, you probably saw them on yeah. uh, tape. On I think the every team has some variation. Kind of, right. So the games were great. Um, the crowd was actually great. Yeah. We were you know worried about them being. Assholes. obnoxious and stuff like that but they were great uh the one problem we had is when you're sitting in club level you have the benefit of ordering food that you know the person will come down and take your order and you don't have to get up and go to the concession stand they'll take your order and then they'll actually someone else will bring you the food that you ordered right and it's usually within half an hour right it even says that on the ordering form mm -hmm. so we ordered from a lady she was very busy, but very. There were a lot of people ordering in yeah. club level, and uh, she took our order. And it was probably the end of the fourth inning, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think thereabouts. Yeah. So knowing that it was very crowded, that there were a lot of people there that night, I gave her the benefit of the, the doubt, mm -hmm. and I said it probably will take more than half an hour. It could even take an hour. Well, we got to the eighth inning, and by that time. I'm like, there's no way it should take this long. Yeah, and keep in mind the other people who had ordered with, which were in our within our vicinity, got their food right in about next twenty to us. minutes. Right. Yeah. So, so I went back. I went out to try to f find the lady so that you know we could get our food or cancel the yeah. order. Yeah. I couldn't find her. I found the guy who holds up the sign when you're going down to your seats to say you can't, you know, sit yeah. down yet. Yeah. And he was very. I mean, he was real. Helpful. animated and he was upset that he's like why didn't you tell me earlier and i'm like this is the first time this ever happened to me i don't right. know so he ran back to the kitchen and got our food but then they brought us the food and you we were both upset i was yeah. upset and like you said i get quiet when i get upset yeah. but um so then the the young lady brings our food and She's apologetic, but not... But it's like that shitty apology. Like, I'm sorry for the inconvenience. It's a disingenuous apology because she was all smiley face. And right. She wasn't... It's was like a fuck you smile. Right. So, and they, you know, when you have to wait that way, that way and they actually forgot us. Yes. It should be complimentary for the amount of money you pay... Exactly. ...for food concessions there. Exactly. That's what frustrated me. So that was a bad experience. Yes. And that's our second. Out of four games, we've had two bad experiences. Right. To me, that's that's not... Out of four good. games this year. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so. I, uh, I did send a letter this time, but I haven't gotten a response. And I know that they're... I mean, of course, now they're going to the World Series. Yeah, so they're I'm sure like it's completely... Like they don't give a shit. Right. But at least I... But so I think next time we go, we only see one game. You think so? Like, I'm... I'm a little like I'm just I'm sad. It like it hurts a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? And we we have talked that park up to everyone that we. It's a and it's still a beautiful it park. Is. It's, it's great. just it's just like shitty customer service, I guess. Yeah, I they're know. slacking a little bit, and it's it's annoying. Yeah, it detracts from the experience. Yeah. So. Yeah. But so. uh, we did see the Giants beat the Padres in the very last game of the season. Yes, and that to, was very exciting. Right. Yeah. To win the NL West. So it was very exciting. And 
cool you talked to me in this thing yes for the game for the end of the game and that was very nice so, yes yep. we got to see like all the post-game interviews and everybody stayed like hardly anybody left yeah it was really fun to be a part of it. Yeah. And so they beat the Braves and then they beat my Phillies and now they're going to yeah. the World Series against the Texas Rangers. So Yes. Should be exciting. Except you're still sad about the Phillies. I am, but I'll get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tear up on the podcast. I'll try not to. So, so that was San Fran. Yep. Did you want to uh talk about the one cab driver experience we had while there? <laughs> yes. We decided to visit the Golden Gate Park, which I don't know if we just went on a bad day, but I wouldn't recommend it. It's very touristy and very poorly uh, marked, if you will. Yeah. Good, thank God for our smartphones. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> we hailed a cab. Did we hail a cab or did you just come get I don't know. We got a cab. Right. Yeah, we did because we had to go. We walked down to the front of the West End oh, or yeah. something. And he was like, you have to go get the guy. Because you basically have to tip the doorman every time he calls the cab right. for you. Which is stupid. Yeah. So anyway, we get in the cab. And apparently, uh, we ended up with Boris, who was recently uh, let out of his Russian mafia chop shop affiliate. I don't know what the hell this guy was from. It was. I thought it was hilarious. I think you were more freaked out. A little bit. Um, so he's driving like a maniac, of course. Um, like cussing like crazy. F this, F that. He's pissed off because the sirens in the city, you don't know where they're coming from. Telling us this story about how he got pulled over because he had a cigarette in his hand. He was talking on the phone. And I'm like, you're telling your patrons that you got pulled over because you didn't have your hands on the wheel, essentially. But the funniest part is that he's telling us about his car, about how his car has really, really dark tin on the windows and, like, no markings. I'm right. like, are you admitting to the fact that you run an illegal chop right. shop? Like, <laughs> who are you, Russian taxi cab driver? But he was full of helpful hints. And he was funny. But yeah. he just, he, he would turn around and look at me a little too long. Yes. For yeah. the, especially the way he was driving. Yeah. Yeah. He was shysty. Yeah. But I thought it was funny. Yeah, he was very One yeah, of our funnier cab yeah experiences and his car was clean it was so clean that's what and, i can't yeah. complain about he was a good, nice guy yeah so so that was san francisco yes that was san and we'll francisco. be back next year sometime i'm sure yep. in a few months So the following week, essentially, I think, was it the following week or the week after? I think two like weeks week later. Because your dad came in. My dad did come in. I forgot about that. Yeah. My dear old dad came up to visit for a weekend. We took him to a Vanderbilt game. Saw them stomp the crap out of Eastern. Was it Eastern Eastern Michigan, Michigan like yeah. 52 to 6 or something <laughs> Which like Vanderbilt that. never scores that much. No. So it was kind of In a funny. season, they never scored that much. <laughs> right. So we had a good little time there. Um, good to see dad. Yeah. And then uh, you and I headed out on separate endeavors for the next weekend. We did. We did. It was very fun. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, you went to uh, Chicago during the weekend of the 16th. Yes. And uh, I went to Green Bay, Wisconsin. To My cousin and I have decided to meet annually to, you know, just hang out, catch up, and go to some sporting event. Right. Last year, we went to a Braves game in Atlanta. This year, we went to a Packers game at Lambeau yes. in Green Bay. They played, played the uh, Miami Dolphins. They lost in overtime, but 
The Holy Grail of football. It, it is. In and field. I was incredibly impressed with the, the stadium. I was incredibly impressed with the people of Green Bay. It has a small town feel, but everybody was friendly to us. Um, we stayed at a place called the Aloft, which is kind of a trendy, yeah. up upscale kind of hotel. They've got one here in Nashville. Oh, they do? Yeah, like in Franklin. Cold okay, Springs. but I've never stayed at one before, and I wasn't that impressed with it. Um, the room was nice, but you know, I could hear the music yeah. underneath my room because I was on the second floor, and but the people working there were very friendly, and they were good with directions and stuff like that. Good. Uh, but the best part of the trip was uh, Lambeau, and we went to the Green Bay Hall of Fame and um, to the football game, and so it was it was great. I'll never forget it, and I want to go back. I want us to go back. Good. So, we yeah, should. That was it. Good. I'm glad you had fun. Yep. I did go to Chicago to visit uh, Chicago Liz, which you may recall from previous podcasts, mm-hmm. and Maria, Charlotte Maria, I guess we can call her because she's from Charlotte, had a little girls weekend um, that turned out to be sort of a unofficial reunion of all of our friends from Michigan who now live in Chicago reunion, but was fun nonetheless. Um Nothing too exciting to report. We really just hung out. Liz and her boyfriend live in a, the neighborhood of Bucktown, which is, I've never been there, and it was absolutely awesome. It was such a good time. Great little shops, great little restaurants, and just nice to, like, be with your own people, kind of hanging out, chatting. It's nice to, to know that you have friends that you can pick up right where you left off, regardless of the time or distance that's between you. Right. So that was fun. Um we went to one cool restaurant. Well, we went to a couple restaurants, but one that really stuck out to me was one called Silver Cloud. And it's just a little diner, but we stopped by there one afternoon and had uh, mimosas, oddly enough. And I had this, like, kick-ass grilled cheese sandwich. So I would highly recommend it. Everything there looked really good, mm-hmm. but it's right in Bucktown. Um, lots of, like, upscale boutiques. Like, there was a Marc Jacobs and a, I don't know, Michael Kors. All of those places were over there. So check it so. out. Lots of uh, thrift and vintage stores, too, really? if you're into that. That's good. How was the weather while you it were there? It was fa- fan-freaking-tastic. Sunny every day, like high 60s, just like jacket weather at night, a little bit breezy. The leaves had changed. It was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. That's how Green Bay was. I mean, we're not that far from each other, really, right, geographically. Right. So. But, you know, going to Lambeau, you hear the frozen tundra and stuff like that. But it was 60. People were actually taking stuff off. It was so warm. And it's been unseasonably warm, I think, for this month. Because it's like, it was 80 today. Right. Here. So. So, yeah. But it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful weather. It's nice to go out at night, too, and not have to, like, when you're, you know, you're dressed all cute, not to have to bundle up over your. And not not to sweat and not to have to bundle up. So it's like the perfect. Agreed. Climate right now. Yes. Oh, we did go to a drag queen show, which I forgot to mention. I wasn't a particular fan of it, but Maria seemed to have a blast. So if you think that kind of stuff is funny, um, we went to, I can't even remember the name of the place, the Baton Lounge, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which I didn't know. Like, I thought drag queens sang like in their own voices. I thought that was what made it funny. But these drag queens lip synced. So. Uh. Or lip sync. I don't know what the term is. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what we did. Okay. Okay. So, we got back here. Yep. And uh, for my birthday weekend, Uh Emily 
took me to Cincinnati. I did. Cincinnati. Yep. Where we stayed at the um, incomparable Cincinnati Hotel. I love that place. It's very I nice. told you every time we go back, I'm staying there. I don't care how much it costs. But I got a really good deal on the hotel, I must say. It's a little bit. It's uh, uh, It's one of like 100 historical hotels in the world or something. I don't mm. know. You know how they have those random distinctions. Right. Um, but it's very pretty, very like classic. The room is really nice. Gigantic bathroom. Like, I could just Two hang out. Two shower heads in this shower. It's got a porno shower, yeah. yeah. And, like, a separate sink area. Um, the TV is just, like, a random, like... Yeah, that's... <laughs> but, you know... Time to upgrade to a flat screen. I think there's something about hotels like that. Like, it's not a hotel for people who are hanging out in their hotel rooms. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the room was good size. It had some extra chairs and stuff, so you're not, like forced to sit on the bed right we got really good room service yummy dessert yeah um and we checked out a great restaurant another sushi joint called mr sushi which is just right down the street from the cincinnatian had delicious delicious sushi um also pretty reasonably priced i yeah, thought it wasn't bad and then of course our typical sake and sapporo right double combo mm-hmm. <laughs> and then stumbled back to our hotel room yeah. So it was a nice little journey up there. We tried to go to a movie, but we, what was the name of that theater? Uh, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember either. But if you're over by the University of Cincinnati and you want to see a movie, make sure you scope out the parking first because parking was a bitch. We couldn't figure out. We couldn't park and make it to the show. Anytime. Right. And it looked like an interesting theater. It it's like one of to. those. It's almost like the uh, theater we go to in St. Louis. Yes. It kind of had that feel to it. Yes. Um, and we were going to see the Nowhere Boy. Is that the yeah, name of it? Yeah. By John Lennon, which has been getting really good reviews. So maybe it'll be down here. I'm sure it will at some yeah. point. But it was no big deal. We got to go to dinner and yeah, hang yeah. out. Yeah. So frolic. That was very nice. It was nice. I'm glad you had a good time. I did because it was your birthday. It was. Oh, and on the way back. We took a little detour into yeah. Lexington, Kentucky and stopped at Boyd's Orchard, or as I like to call it, Gathering Place for All of Kentucky on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, the entire state of Kentucky was there. Parking, again, is a bitch. But they have, like, it's great for kids and families, I think. But they yeah. have, like, tons of different kinds of apples. I got a pumpkin and made William walk around with me. So we had a, it was kind of a nice little detour. No, it was nice. And the weather was good. That so, helped, yeah. yeah a little warm and windy and then we proceeded to figure our way back to nashville and our smartphones turned against us right <laughs> that <laughs> lady <laughs> no that lady do um, perform a legal u-turn when possible yeah perform a legal u-turn when possible she said that for about 15 minutes <laughs> she, did. so. she didn't want us to go the direction we went no so that was our little was tour our... of the midwest yeah yeah We've watched a lot of movies in the last 60 days. Just yep. kidding. In the last month. Um, so we're going to do a couple quick reviews about the ones that we were eh about. And then we'll get into some meat and potato stuff. Yep. Um, so yesterday we went and checked out Hereafter, which stars Matt, Matt Damon <laughs> and uh, Jay Moore. And a French woman who's quite lovely. She was lovely. Had a l- nice little... I knew you'd be all over gap that. Gap in her, in her The gap in the lips. Yeah. You love it. 
I think she was in Bader Meinhof Complex. She looks like the chick from Bader Meinhof Complex. We'll have but to look. I don't know if that's the same one. I thought through the entire movie, is that the chick from Bader Meinhof Complex? Mm-hmm. And then this little boy who's absolutely adorable. He's great. I yeah. don't know. Was it just him? Did he play two people? I think they were twins, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that was noteworthy. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Has a. She's done a couple things. Yeah. Um,. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. And we'll get more specific actors' names once we do our ratings. Right. But uh, basically, Hereafter is about a psychic. We should say it's directed by Clint Eastwood. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Thank you. Directed by Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Um, but it's a story of a psychic played by Matt Damon who, at one point in time, has a very thriving psychic business and is very prominent and well-known, but sort of gets out of it because he communicates with dead people and finds that that's a bit depressing to have as a as a profession. Um, so his story kind of intertwines with a woman who goes through the... It takes place right after the tsunami in Singapore. Was that Singapore? Uh, no. Indonesia. Indonesia, yeah. thank you. Um, and she and her lover go through that. And so she kind of deals with the after effects of what that was like. And this little boy who loses his twin brother um, is also kind of linked in. Right. So you see how their stories end up connecting, of course. It's that sort of winding storytelling and then everybody meets at the end kind of thing right um so yeah i thought it was okay it was a wee bit boring yeah. like the first 45 minutes of it i was like all right <laughs> chip chop chip here clint eastwood <laughs> let's get the show on the road but i like matt damon there were a couple little chuckle worthy parts and the, i thought the woman and the young kid were the best parts like they really played that like grief and sadness and like what if stuff right Really well, I thought. Yeah, I uh, yeah, like you. I thought it was okay. Yeah, um, the acting of the three major characters was really good. Yeah, Matt Damon was excellent, and I think if it were played by someone else, I wouldn't have liked it as much. I would agree with that. Yeah, um, the woman actress and the little boy—they were both excellent. Uh, I think Clint Eastwood has a gift for dialogue, as far as how to film dialogue, intimate. I would agree scenes. with that. Yeah. There's a scene, there a cooking scene where they're that was a great scene. talking to one another. I don't want to give anything away, but it's, I mean, you're you're very much in. You feel like you're in the moment yeah, there, yeah, and you're enjoying that. It reminds me of the kitchen scene between Clint Eastwood and Mel Streep and yeah. Bridges of Madison County, yeah. where they're just two people talking, but what they're talking about and how they're doing it, you're you're fine with that. You yeah. just want to sit there and watch them, right? So he's very good at that. Um, but he seems to always want to make these kind of morose movies. It was up with and that. And it's getting old. And the thing with a movie like this where you're talking about the afterlife and stuff like this, it either knocks you out where you just, it completely bowls you over because it touches you in a certain way. Yeah. Or it doesn't. There's really not an in-between. An in-between, yeah. So it didn't knock me out. No. But, I mean, it was an entertaining film. Yes. So, It's very know. sad, though. Very it is sad. There, I, I would say that there's closure at the end, but it's still, it's you're still kind of like reeling from the tragedies these people have in their lives, right? So, and Clint Eastwood always puts this like this sparse music that he composes in the movies, and sometimes it works, and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Sometimes it's very noticeable, and I don't right. think you should ever notice music in a movie. Like I think, I think you notice it. I don't think you should. I don't think it should ever be like, oh, whoa! It should, right, it shouldn't be a distraction. Right it should be an enhancement. Compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agreed. So, um, what would you give? I'd after? give that a six and a half. I would. That's exactly what I was thinking. Was it? 
It only came in fourth this yeah. weekend, so. Paranormal activity, too. No. You're not going to see that? No. Are you mad at 7. me? 7.8. Wow. So, it's because of Matt. Matt Damon. And the uh, little boy. I don't know because it doesn't have pictures. There's Marcus and Jason. Yeah. Yep. So they Frankie were twins. McLaren. They were. Frankie yeah. and George McLaren. They were quite good. Sweet little faces. Yeah. Um, okay. So prior to that, William uh, coerced me into seeing Jackass 3D. Right. The movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which stars a laundry list of jackasses. Yeah. Bam Margera, Johnny Knoxville. My personal love and favorite, Chris Pontius, Steve-O, some other (laughs) douchebags. So basically, Jackass is the same shit you've seen on MTV a thousand times. Right. Dudes doing stuff that hurts their balls or... um, Makes them vomit. Yes. Or gets poo everywhere. Right. Farts, uh, pain, nipples, electrocution... Uh, what else? Bee stings. Um, getting knocked around by various animals. Yes. Punched in the face. I think that covers it. Yep. A lot of wiener, uh, action in this movie. (laughs) Yes, there was. Um, so yeah, it was all right. Yeah. It was was what you wanted to be. And I laughed very hard at certain (laughs) points of the film, which which is the point. The only negative is that it was in 3D, which it really didn't need to be in 3D. No. And it cost almost 30 bucks to see this movie. For the two of us. Right. Which it wasn't. I'd say see it in 2D. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to miss anything. Yeah. So um, for what it is, I would give it a seven. I give it a six. And 7.4. Okay. So there you go. Hot diggity. Yep. Okay. We also saw Easy A a few weeks ago with uh, Emma Stone and um, the guy, what's the guy's name? He has a three-word name. Thomas Michael Moore, Thomas Michael... Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. Um, Lisa Kudrow's in right. it. Uh, the parents, Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson. Right. Penn Bad- Badgley, I think is his name. Okay. Those are the ones that all... I think come to mind. But Easy A basically is about a teenage girl um, who through sort of the <laughs> pressure of being a teenage girl accidentally tells her best friend that she slept with a college guy and then sort of gets branded as someone who would sleep as a college guy. And in the meantime, um, in, in sort of trying to keep up with this status because she becomes very popular, ends up pretending to in some way uh, be with all kinds of geeky dudes who have been branded as something else in high school, like gay or fat or whatever. Just the kind of crap that boys do to each other in high school and girls do to each other in high school. Um, So she tries to help them get through that awkward period by saying she slept with them. And and the story kind of rolls along. And as kind of a side story, her class is reading The Scarlet Letter. Which, as you know, is about a woman who is chastised by her community for getting pregnant out of marriage, and they force her to wear an A on her clothing, which stands for adulterer. So they kind of work that into the story to where Emma Stone is starting to wear an A on her clothes because the stigma that she's attached to for now being a slut by supposedly being with all of these college boys. Right. And I loved this movie, as you know. Yeah. One, I love Emma Stone because she's clever and cute, and I don't think that she's crazy a crazy bitch like some of these other actresses. 
two, I just thought it was like perfect. It's a good movie for high school girls to see because it's very much like you can choose who you want to be. You don't have to like, you don't have to be somebody else. It doesn't always lead to like what you think it's going to. Telling the truth is the right thing to do. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and because I also really liked Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson yeah. as her parents, they were hilarious. They were. Just like everything you'd want your parents to say and do in those moments. They backed off when they should have. They helped her when they needed to. They were a family. There's some hilarious jokes about their son who's ado- black and adopted. And they make jokes about <laughs> him being from somewhere else and that they don't know he's adopted. <laughs> it was just very funny, very cute, very good little feel-good movie. I agree. Um, this is probably unfair, but I felt like it was this year's Juno in a way. Kinda. It was uh, clever, funny. Yeah. Um, but Juno was a little more blue collar, I thought. This yeah. one was a little more like pretty people problems. Yeah, Whereas you're right. Liz's boyfriend, Sean, says white people problems. <laughs> <laughs> which, That's true. Which I thought was funny. That's true. Um, yeah, there was something else I wanted to say, but it kind of slipped my mind. But um, I you. No, no, no. But I... I I did enjoy it, and uh, yeah, good performances, and Emma Stone, I'd like to see where she goes next, because yeah. she's really good. She is good, good and actress. she seems to have her shit together, for yeah. lack of a better term. Oh, what I was going to say is, and you'll probably get upset with me for saying this, but I felt like if John Hughes were to do a movie now, these days, it would kind of have this feel to it. Yeah, I think that's And I think they make fair. mention of The Breakfast Club somewhere in that movie. Yeah, they do. Anyway. But anyway, but uh, she's disappointed because her high school life isn't a John Hughes movie, right. which I, I totally agree with, actually. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I would give that one uh, like a seven and a half. Um, I would do the same. 7.7, very close. See? Yep. Very, very cute little movie. Yep. Okay, so um, after much anticipation, we decided to check out The Town. Mm-hmm. Which stars um, my future ex-husband Jeremy Runner and uh, Ben Affleck and my other future ex-husband John Hamm and uh, who else? Who's the uh, young lady you liked her? Oh, Blake Lively. Yeah, she's yeah. very good. And the Rebecca Hall is also in it as well. Right. Um, and basically, is about uh, this group of dudes who is from Boston, of course, directed by Ben Affleck. So, mm-hmm. directed and written, right? Didn't he write? Uh, right? He helped write it. He yeah. was one of the screenwriters. But these guys who have lived in Boston their whole lives and um, apparently have become quite uh, adept, is that the word I'm yep. looking for? At Robin Banks. And so, they've garnered the attention of the FBI and are pulling off these really elaborate heists as the FBI are closing into them. And as kind of a side note, during one of their bank robberies, they take a hostage who is Rebecca Hall. And um, they're afraid that she's going to figure out who they are and give the FBI information about them. So Ben Affleck, in the hopes of keeping an eye on her, ends up falling in love with her. And so that sort of adds a little twist and adds tension to the Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck characters. Right. So at the end, everything comes to a head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing led to another. And John Hamm's the guy that's been assigned to track them down. He's with yes. the FBI, right? Yeah. 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 And so there's a lot of... This movie's pretty cool, right? Because it's like... 
you know, hottie Boston dudes. Like, what was going on? And they all have, like, the accents, whatever. Tough guys. Very, very cute. Like, naughty. And then you've got Blake Lively, who's Ben Affleck's baby mama slash old girlfriend slash hookup kind of thing. Right. She did a really good job, I thought. Yeah. You, like, believe that she's kind of this coked out Boston floozy, east, like, westy, northy, southy, whatever they call them. Um, so, yeah, I thought everyone played their characters really well. Yeah. John Hamm's like, straight-laced FBI dude, but still very attractive. Yeah. And so, I, I really liked it. I liked the way... I'm sorry. No, go I ahead. I keep cutting you no, off. No, 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 go ahead. Um, I liked the way that they shot a lot of the scenes. And you've made the prediction before that you think Ben Affleck will win an Oscar for directing. And after I saw this, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. There were a couple shots that you just, like, you feel the tension, like, you... Like, you're, like, on the edge of your seat, like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Right. And Which I don't think you can get just from, like, dialogue and acting. I think some of that has to be just setting a scene. Yeah. When you do a movie about bank robberies that has been yeah. done over and Many over times. again, you have to shoot it in a certain way. Right. To uh, keep the audience's attention where they're not going yet. I kind of saw it done yeah. that way already. Yeah. Absolutely. Which he does. He's very clever in some of his direction uh, techniques and mm-hmm. uh, and um, there's some a lot of scenes with like I know one person thought it was slow because there there are some scenes with dialogue and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's good dialogue. Yeah. Um, so no, I thought it was very well acted, very well directed, very well written. I yes. was into it the whole way. I was too. Um, so Ben Affleck has the two movies he's directed. Both of them have been very good. Yeah. So um, I really liked it. And I've heard criticism that because it was shot in Boston, it's like somehow not as good or something. Or Ben Affleck's done this before or whatever. But I don't know. I don't get tired of it because I still feel like his characters are very rich. I don't ever feel like, oh, that's just another like Boston a-hole that they're showing again. Like, we've, oh, God, this again. Like, I think all of them bring something different to the table. Right. You're not just like, I don't feel like he's reprocessing the same character over and over. And I think it's okay to start out. You know, yeah. he's just starting out as a director, really. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, if you, your first couple of movies are where you're comfortable. Exactly. Then go ahead. Now, eventually, you're going to have to break out. Right. And I think you will. I think so, too. And I think he'll be successful, too. Yes. But, yeah. But I have no problem with that. Chris Cooper is also in this movie. Right. Who I, I love him. Like, he always plays a really rich character, but he plays Ben Affleck's dad. Right. And part of what's interesting about the story is that it's sort of a generational crime ring that they have like these parent fathers have just passed down this kind of legacy of thievery and corruption to their sons and so john ham's like coming in to just put the hammer down right so you see that tension there too of sort of this expectation of how they're supposed to be because that's what they were raised in right so yeah so i would give this one an 8.2 i would give it a an 8.5 okay okay and eight. Hey. So there you go. How do you like them apples? Yep. So, so um, we also checked out the documentary Waiting for Superman, mm-hmm. which is about the sort of flawed public school system that the U.S. has. Right. And it examines um, why this happens. And they look at a lot of different things. One is is poor teachers who can't be disciplined or removed from their position. One is location of the schools. One is money that's fed into the schools. And I think another theme would be sort of the 
difference in governing bodies that may impact one particular school district. And so the documentary follows, I think, five families who have children who um, are either in schools that are failing or just kind of mediocre. They're not going to be fed into middle school and, and high schools where they'll be afforded opportunities that will allow them to be successful. And so you watch as a lot of them go through these lottery programs to get them into charter and magnet schools where they'll have more opportunities and be more likely to succeed. It's very heart-wrenching to watch because you see these parents who are just like desperate and want their kids to do so well but can't afford to move out of their neighborhood or bus them to other places or they're relying on these these lotteries to get them in. So it was very kind of difficult to watch. Yeah. It's both encouraging in a way because you see people like uh, Jeffrey Canada, mm-hmm. who's actually been in this for a while, for years, yeah. trying to help you know improve the school educational system, right. and people like Michelle Ree, who's the chancellor of schools in Washington D.C., yeah. who just resigned from that post. So yeah. you kind of wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, because she she made a big improvement up there. She yeah. pissed off a lot of people, but if you're pissing off people and doing a good job, then I'm the people okay should be that. pissed at themselves right um so it was encouraging in that way but discouraging in that there's a scene like where they show teachers who have been disciplined yeah and kind of pushed aside and you know the amount of money that's being spent on these people who aren't working right are you know kind of segregated and reading doing crossword puzzles and stuff like that but tax dollars are still paying it shows the bureaucracy of and like i don't want to sound anti-union because i think the unions are, were there for a reason. They, they had to be put in place for a reason. But you sort of see how it went in a totally opposite direction. So I'm not trying to take a stance necessarily here. But you see the bureaucracy that the unions have kind of created right. with trying to keep good teachers in the school. You know what I mean? I mean, that's really what... And Michelle Ree makes a really cool... Makes, makes several kind of statements to the effect of, this is never about the kids. This is about how adults treat each other and how adults need to feel and what their, how their feelings are, are being managed here. This is never about the kids, and that's why... That's where things have to change, is that right. we're, we're just talking about interaction between adults, not about kids. Right. So that's kind of... I think that's the biggest overall theme. Yeah. So, so. I, I'm very worried about what's going to happen with the Me D.C. Too. schools now. Me too. Because they were on an upswing. Mm-hmm. And I blame partially um, Adrian Fenty, the mayor. Yeah. Because he, he should have easily won yeah. that post again. And Michelle Ree would still be there. Yeah. Um, so I think, but the, I think the city, I'm partly discur- um, upset with the people as well. Right. Because, you know, you, this guy, you may not like this guy, but he's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And now it may go back to crap. Right. So right. it's like and, burning down your own house in a way. And statistically, D.C. had the worst public school system, right? Wasn't that what the movie said? Uh, Out been. of all other states. I know it's not really a, a state, but right. it's considered to be one of the 50 states, Washington, right. D.C. It was had They had the worst school system out of any other, our nation's capital. Right. It kind of knocks you upside the head. Yeah. So. so, but very I highly recommend seeing the documentary. I would too. I would too. And there's a lot of places where you can go to show support and get and donate money, right? And make pledges to see the movie. So if you have that opportunity, I would recommend it. The money is actually being allocated to. You can allocate where you'd like the money to go, or they'll allocate it for you to schools that need it. So right. Um. So what would you give Waiting for Superman? I would give it. Uh, I give it like an eight and a half. 
I have to say, I thought it was a really well done documentary. Just the way that they they introduce a lot of fact, they cite the sources where they get it. It doesn't feel like kind of the Michael Moore ish docudrama. It was very much like here's a presentation of what's happening currently, and that's to me is what a documentary should be. Okay, yeah, I would give it a, an A. Um, let's see, seven point two. Um, this made me think. There's one thing that we left off. What's that? Catfish. Oh shit! I forgot about catfish. Yeah. You want to talk about catfish? Sure. I'll let you give the synopsis. <laughs> You're good at that. So catfish is basically about. Is it true or not? I don't. That I don't know. Okay. I guess we could find out. Well, but... you can find the woman who's in the story mm. online. She's like she has an online store where she sells her paintings but i don't know so anyway it's about a dude who um is a photographer in new york city and uh takes pictures of ballerinas or whatever and basically through posting them on facebook um becomes acquainted with this little girl who then draw like paints portraits of the pictures that he's taken so he develops this relationship with the little girl and ends up like she, she'll send him the paintings and he would sell them for, for quite a bit of money. And so basically, as the story progresses, he's introduced to her whole family, including her older sister, who is this very attractive woman who has a lot of interests and um, they get to know each other pretty well. And through kind of talking to her, he realizes that some of the information about their family is not true. Right. So as he's trying to like make, like they keep talking about making contact and it just doesn't seem to work out, blah, blah, blah. And so he and his friends decide to just drop in and visit this family. And so basically when they go to visit this family, they figure out that what they have seen is not what they get. Right. Yes. I don't want to give away right. too much. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it's kind of weird because I feel like we've been duped so many times by documentaries, like quote unquote, like Paranormal Activity, that other one that came the out last kind, year, The Fourth it. Kind, yeah. The Blair Witch Project, all these movies that came out that were like, this is what happened. And then you realize like, nope, these are actors. They got paid to do this, right. whatever. And when you look up these people, you can find websites where the photography and the paintings from the movie exist. I just don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know what to believe. Right. So. Uh, I have to say, and I haven't read anything that says absolutely this is fake. Or, okay. Um, I have to say that if it is, in fact, real, then it's one of the best films I've seen this year. Really? Yeah. I really enjoyed it, and it uh, it isn't uh, gimmicky. No, it's not. Um, and it's disturbing and touching in a way, and uh, I really, really liked it. Yes. I liked it. I liked it in its uniqueness as well. I mean, Waiting for Superman is a really good documentary, yes. but you've yes. seen it before in different, you know, genres or whatever. It may not be about the school system. Maybe maybe it's about healthcare or something like that. Right. Whereas Catfish, I've never really seen it, and it deals with something um, current. Current, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very relevant right. for our our times. Right. Yes. So, yeah, I would I really agree with it. that. Um, so, I would give it a... Uh, 8.5. Yes. And I thought it was good. It was just uncomfortable to watch. It was very uncomfortable to yeah. watch. It's kind of like Hurt Locker-ish. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to walk out of a movie like that and be like, that was awesome. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it an 8, I think. 
Seven. Seven. Yeah, uh, Ariel Shulman and Henry Joost. Those are the names of the the guys who actually made the movie. But, um, yeah. yeah. So that actually leads us to another movie that kind of, they're linked Falls in a way. In that, yeah. that, that realm, yes. <laughs> and that movie is The Social Network, which stars Jesse Eisenberg, um, Rashida Jones, uh, Justin Gar- Timberlake. Andrew Garfield, yes, Justin Timberlake, um, Mara Rooney, who is going to be playing the upcoming main character in the girl who played, girl with, who fire. played with fire. Oh, the girl with the dragon yeah, tattoo. Yeah. yeah, well, that whole series. Right. Um, but yeah, it basically is the story of Mark Zuckerberg and Sean Parker and Eduardo, can't remember his last name, mm-hmm. but the founding fathers of Facebook. And sort of follows uh, Facebook's inception out of Zuckerberg's college dorm room at Harvard and the subsequent litigation that follows after the company's taken public when his his partners and the crew, kind of the the alleged creators of the site come forward and, and ask for their due their, yeah, notice. Their yeah, yeah, their, their uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you recognize recognition right. of creating the site. Um Jesse Eisenberg plays Mark Zuckerberg, I think, perfectly. Mm-hmm. You really believe that this is how this guy was. Um, sort of that like weird geek, like wants to fit in but doesn't know, kind of wants to be perceived as this uber brain but doesn't really, but still wants to be accepted. It's very strange juxtapositioning. Right. I thought Justin Timberlake, of course, did a wonderful job. You believed that that was Sean Parker and that was sort of how he saw himself. I really liked the guy who played Eduardo, too. So, I don't know. There's not really much bad I can say about this movie. And everybody pretty much knows the story. It's not like it's any big surprise. Right. But I just thought it was very well done, very intelligent, uh, kept your interest, whatever. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it like you said, Inception and Scott Pilgrim were the best movies you've seen. This is the best movie I've seen this year. Yes. Um, Aaron Sorkin wrote it. He wrote the screenplay. Great. He used to do West Wing. He wrote yes. for West Wing. Great yes. writer. Great dialogue. If you have two people sitting across from each other at a table and they're having a conversation that's intense mm-hmm. and it's intellectual and you're totally into it, most of this movie is a dialogue movie. Yeah. So, yeah. You, I mean, you could win or lose with a lot of dialogue, but it's mm-hmm. a definite winner. It's directed by David Fincher, who directed um, Seven and Zodiac, and it has that same kind of the the cinematography is yeah. similar. Yeah, kind of a I don't know if you call them muted tones, uh, kind of a darker, a lot of browns. Yeah, and, but it has that. And then um, who's the guy from Nine Inch Nails? Um, Trent Reznor. Yeah, does a he did the music, which was Great. like like we were just talking about. It ha- enhances the movie to right. me without it's, jolting you out of what you're watching. Right. Yeah. So, and I think. If Jesse Eisenberg doesn't get nominated for Best Actor, then it's a crime because he did an excellent job. job. And the other guy, the guy that played Eduardo, Eduardo. if he doesn't get, I think he should get Best Supporting Actor a nod for that because he was really good too. You really really felt for the guy in the movie. Yeah. Um, And that that one thing to note, there's a lot of tension between the Eduardo character and the Mark Zuckerberg character because they were best friends. Right. And they sort of... Eduardo kind of gets screwed in this whole whole deal. And at the same time, it, it was difficult because you understood both sides. And that was where I felt like they did a great job because 
I was never pissed off at Mark. And I was never pissed off at Eduardo. You could always empathize with one of them. And you could always feel the tension that you would have felt if you'd been in that situation. Right. Like, you know, what would I have done? And I think movies that ask that, that make you ask that question do a really good job. I mean, that that's the sign of doing a really good job in a film. You yeah. Know? If you can empathize with the bad guy in a certain way. Absolutely. Then you've, you've done your job. It's like um, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Yeah. You hate yeah. the... I mean, the guy's doing you some despicable things. Yeah. But certain things he says, whether they're true or not, you're like, you know, I can understand where this guy's coming from. Exactly. Even though I don't agree with how he's dealing with it. Exactly. So um, that's, that's how I felt about the Mark Zuckerberg character. And yeah. Jesse Eisenberg just did an awesome job. He did. He did. Um, so, I would give the social network a nine. I, I would too. Okay. Eight point four. Yeah, that was good. Yep. So, what? What's the? I'm sorry. Can you look at? There are some other actors I wanted to mention. Can you see it? Yep. Okay. Army Hammer. He played plays two people actually. The right. Winkle Vosses. Um, he was another good, good character. And that's a weird thing. Eduardo Saverin, that was his name. Yeah, Andrew. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that—that's a weird thing because we were talking about the twins in the Hereafter movie, yeah. where they were actual twins. Well, that's what made me think maybe they're not actual twins because you had told me that the Winklevosses they had—they used some other guy's body and yeah. then digitally Which put. I was mad weird. when I heard that. But you don't notice it watching you don't, the movie, yeah. But, but it's still, yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, I thought that was. That was pretty good. Yep. And, like, everybody just did a really good job. Like, even the... Because they show a lot of the arbitration that happens during the... I guess, I don't know if it's arbitration, mediation, basically when they're being deposed. Because they never really went to trial. Right. It was everything... I think everything was settled Settled, out of court. But they show... Even the scenes in, in the during the arbitration process with the attorneys, those were great. You, right. you believed it. And some of, it's really cool because in some of the the shots there, I don't know if they did it at Harvard or if they just recreated, but it's all that, that like deep mahogany color. Right. You felt it feels very collegiate and academic. It was kind of cool. Yeah. That's the thing about David Fincher movies is like it's the, all this cinematography is always warm and you have movies yeah. like Zodiac and Seven that are so disturbing. Yes. But, they're not starkly disturbing. Like you don't. It's not like being in a hospital ward. Right. Right. So it's it's almost welcoming. It's like this terrible situation, but you're the way it looks is just so comfortable. Right. Me. But I would agree with that. Yeah, and David Fincher's a great director. I thought he did. Yeah. A great job. So I actually think this movie Inception was beautifully shot. Yes. But a little bit confusing. Yes. Um. And I don't know why you keep holding the fact that I said Inception was the best no. movie I've seen over my head. It was the best no, movie I had seen this at year. that time. Well, you haven't changed that. You said Inception. Yes, I have. Besides, okay, so is it Scott Pilgrim now? Yeah, Scott, P- okay. said Scott right. Pilgrim was the best one I'd seen. Okay, I'm sorry. Jeez. Well, what's the second best, Inception? I'm sorry, all right. My mistake. <laughs> I liked Inception. It was just nothing had been out at that time. Okay, and we still have... You know, there's a ton of movies, and I know you're getting hard on for True, True Grit, Grit, which yeah. we saw like the first official preview for last night. Right, that tra- I'd seen a trailer before that I wasn't in- that impressed with, but the one last night was pretty really. Good. Yeah, I like. That I'm one. excited to see how this little girl's gonna do because she looks She's, pretty good. Yeah, she does. Yeah, and She's they just, from here, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 
And it was just a casting call. Yeah, so, like yeah. random. I'm sure she had other experience, but. Right. And you can't really lose with Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon and uh, Josh Brolin. Brolin, yeah. no. Please. Yeah, so. Please. So anyway. So what do we have uh, on tap? Anything? Uh, well, we were going to go to a Halloween party, but that is now <laughs> defunct. defunct. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so we're not doing anything for Halloween. We're handing out candy to just small children. Yeah. And then we're going to talk to them with our voice synthesizers. Yeah, we should. That would scare be... the crap out of them. Happy Halloween, baby. No. <laughs> That's inappropriate. Yeah. Um yeah. And but we're going we're still going to Toronto at the end of the year. Right. So that will be exciting. And what else? Um That's about it, I think. Okay. I'm sure we'll figure something out. Right. Between um, now and then. Yeah. So uh if you have any suggestions for Toronto, mm-hmm. please email us at uh vagabondexchange at gmail dot com. That's right. And you can join us on the Vagabond Exchange Facebook page. Right. We now have, we lost a couple of people, but now we're back up to 30. Yeah, explain something to me about Facebook. Did your friends list number fluctuate? Like, in the same day, I'll have 300 friends, 330 friends, 332. Like, it goes, it's not that drastic. It'll be like, one day I'll have 330 friends. Then one day, the next day I'll have 333. And no one will have added or removed me. You know what I mean? Like, nobody will have added me, I'll say that. Hmm. I don't I, understand what that, why it does that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Does yours not do that? No, I mean, if it changes, it's because somebody dropped me. Or added me. Mm-mm. But but we're talking about the actual fan page. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know if it does if it well, works the same way. It was stuck at 28, and now we have two people that are not from this country. So I don't know if they're actual listeners or... Trolls. Yeah. So if they are listeners, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Let us know how you found out about the show. Yes. All right. Okay. So we'll be back in Soon. some period of time. Yeah. <laughs> but until then, keep reaching for the stars. That's right. Okay. Bye. Do you want to say goodbye in your Bye bye. Goodbye. Before leaving, make sure you have all of your personal belongings and use caution when opening the overhead bins, as items may have shifted during the flight. We thank you for flying with us today. We truly appreciate your business and look forward to serving you on a future flight.